I'm Will Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Ears and Timestamps, a book club podcast. And a tale of two friends, just like our book. Just like our book. <laughs> um, the misdirection there. Subverting expectations. <laughs> I, I, I ended up buying the book this week. I already told on you Audible. that. But, uh, yeah, I bought it on Audible. Yeah, I guess I had to buy it <laughs> to read it. But I bought it on Audible, and um, I got surprised with like a little... Uh, Q and A at the end, at the end of with it, yeah. uh, with Rhett and Link, and they had their uh, their producer writer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, better half, whatever she is. <laughs> they had her. Um, man, I just had her name too before we started. Wasn't uh, it Stevie? Yeah, Stevie. Yeah, and um, she was doing the Q and A, and she's always on Good Mythical More. I think is what she's doing. But mm-hmm. she, um, I've seen her before. The you know very small handful of times that I've watched their content. Yeah. So and she was on there giving the questions to them, and uh, it was cool. It was just. It was a surprise, you know, and then it was another hour of listening, and uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of nice, too, because listening to the book, I thought for sure it would be like Rhett and Link narrating it, and it wasn't, and the um, it could be the way that I'm listening to the books, because I'm listening to them at like a little bit faster than normal speed, mm-hmm. um, but the last few books, I just have not been into the voices, like yeah. even this one, like especially because I had built the voices in my head off of the people I already knew. For <laughs> half the book, or <laughs> more than half the, half the book, book yeah. Is, yeah. And so when when I hopped into here, it's like, not only could I not tell the difference between like Rhett and Link when they were talking on their own, like I could tell the difference if they were talking to each other, mm-hmm. but like if one of them was talking to, you know, Mr. Whitewood or whatever, right. then um, they had this, they almost sounded like a stereotypical, like fat Southern kid, <laughs> you know, yeah. just, I don't know why. And everyone sounded so like overly south you know and it does make sense they are in the south and and uh you know they're trying to embody the persona of the south and all these people right, you know yeah. and so i mean it makes sense that that of course they'd use a super hardcore southern accent and i'm sure you know it, it didn't go it didn't go without being approved by somebody you know right Stevie yeah. <laughs> red or link or you know they're one of their people but like um i don't know i guess just uh this one was my own doing because I had read it, you know, basically in my voice version of Rhett and Link's voice. So now, so now right. I'm swapping voices in the middle. But mm-hmm. it was cool hearing them at the end having a little Q and A talking about the uh, the book and um, one of their original ideas for for the book. Uh, Link was talking. He was like, "I remember in the beginning we were just sitting down and there was a piece of paper and all it said was." they're feeding them humans at the barbecue <laughs> like they were killing people and then they were barbecuing it up and they okay. had the grill master mr whitewood mm-hmm. or whatever and then they're like how are we going to make him grill human body parts to feed to the town's people you know that was like the starting yeah. point and then and it was also interesting too because uh they were talking about writing a book together and how like a lot of authors will go in um and we've talked about it before how uh how Stephen King sometimes will go in and he'll start a story not knowing exactly where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And then he just lets the characters in the story grow and develop as, you know, he does. And the time, you know, uh, the time with the characters, you know, right. they, they all grow and, um, they couldn't really do that with this cause it's the two of them collaborating on a single work. Right, so they had to yeah. have a full, you know, encompassed idea. And then they had to, um, they had to kind of just figure things out and make sure it was, you know, streamlined and good and everything fit right, together. Right. And there was a good reason for this that, you know, and um, that's probably why all their story beats kind of fit out so well. And we kind of called a few things without even really meaning to. Like, I bet, like how we were both saying, like, I bet the, uh, the, um, God, <laughs> uh, you know, I bet the, uh, 
the kidney stones is going to come back up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it became right, like yeah. a, a <laughs> Just like a little pass thing. Something that I thought about, um, and I don't remember if I thought about it like early on or if I thought about it during this section of the reading or something, um, but it just kind of came to mind whenever, you know, we're in a situation of the story where they're both together, where Rex and Leaf, Leif, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> are uh, together and they're experiencing the same thing, but then it jumps between their heads like mm. without even saying, and now we're moving to Rex. It just like the next paragraph is literally we've mm-hmm. moved on already. Do you think that they wrote their their analog their analogous characters internal thoughts like just they wrote it like you know Rhett um, wrote Rex's thought and certainly whenever they were talking about each other mm-hmm. whenever you know Rex would be like man Leif is being annoying yeah it was the do you think that maybe or maybe not maybe i think probably almost certainly but do you think that they intentionally were like all right well i'm going to rex all of i'm going to rex i'm going to write all of rex's mm-hmm. internal dialogue you write all of Leif's internal dialogue and you know what the understanding that we're talking about each other right because i feel like that would be like a kind of cool mm-hmm. thing and, and kind of it made me th- laugh more whenever they were ragging on each other in their minds i was like well that's them talking about each other and because they grew up together and they yeah. would have these old like kind of like a long time not grudges against each other but just like god he always gets this way you know <laughs> yeah the, the way they made it sound at least in the little q a was that they you know they've they're they're kind of overdone dramatizations like of themselves like right. like um how Rhett and uh rex are both kind of um they're both they like to be the in the lead a little more you know, alpha yeah mm-hmm. a little bit more alpha they're they like to be right and if they're mm-hmm. and they like to tell people that they're right, right you know maybe not in those words but you know what i mean like yeah, they, yeah. and how for example the scooter like he, he never rode a scooter that was not true but right, yeah. but to personify his character he insisted that if he just got his scooter leg up to par right, know, yeah. then, he, <laughs> then it would be the better mode of transportation mm-hmm. when it would never admit otherwise yeah, yeah. and he would never mm-hmm. admit otherwise so th- you know i think that they probably both had input on on like you know every part of the book dialogue and everything you know mm-hmm. but I, I think you're right in the fact that like okay you know i'm gonna write my stuff and then um and then he probably you know one of them probably wrote it the other one probably read it and was like hey i think maybe you you know you know they right, probably had yeah. notes for each other but <laughs> yeah, i think sure. you're right i think you're yeah. right that they did write their own parts because uh in because uh, link was talking about how like a lot of the internal battles that he had with himself and a lot of the internal worrying about their friendship and mm-hmm. like the the building structure of things like they of their friendship at least um, right. link was talking about how he really did worry about their friendship a lot yeah how, you know mm-hmm. those were actual thoughts that they that he'd put into his head now and other things that they did too in the book that um were just uh it was well said because they've both been in therapy for a long time so they're mm-hmm. figuring out uh they've been you know on a third party level trying to figure themselves out right so now they know. can now they realize certain emotions and things they were going through as you know when they were younger mm-hmm. so they can put pen to paper and make it a little bit more you know uh translatable or a little bit yeah. more you know easier for somebody like us to to get exactly their you know mindset and train of thought right and, yeah and uh and honestly like as i was reading i didn't feel like they were super overly done but i do feel like they were obviously like the there there wasn't there was less middle ground so that their characters could be more you know one way or the other right. uh, rather than them both being a bit more well-rounded like they actually yeah are. but i think that that's probably 
in probably the vast majority of cases in real life, kids are just loud versions of what they're going to be when they're adults, you know, (laughs) (laughs) before they realize like how to temper yourself and be like, okay, well, I'm not going to be mad at this every single time Mm -hmm. it happens because I'm an adult now and I know how to control (laughs) myself. But when you're 13, you're just like, you know, you're exploding with anything that's happening to you, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're actually literally exploding outwardly or, you know, just in your, even if you're internalizing it because you're a more quieter type, but you're still more extreme. Uh, All the, all the like facets of you are more extreme versions of the way that they're going to be whenever you're older. Mm -hmm. For the most part, people don't really change at least their core nature and, you know, their habits, but they will, you know, just, temper themselves a little bit <laughs> yeah the, they'll figure out what aligns with them and like but at, you're right at the core that yeah. doesn't change how too you much. can be yourself and not get beat up by society for being ridiculous you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um how'd you end up liking the book like as a whole did you think it was i enjoyed it pretty much constantly yeah i don't think there was a second reading it that i was you know bored or was wishing that something else was happening. Me neither. Um, I, uh, the, the only time that I was like, man, I wish that just this one thing was a little bit different was at the end when they're having the huge fight at the spring. Yeah. And I was like, God, I wish that they had had like a chance to just really beat up on some of these people, especially Mary Hadaway. <laughs> like I wish Janine like had like or like in the moment I was like, man, I wish Janine had just like fucking socked her and broke her nose, you know, mm-hmm. just something like really violent because, you know, one, they're awful people yeah. that deserve it. Mm-hmm. And two, just like the interpersonal, the, the very brief interpersonal interactions that Mary Hadaway and Janine had, you know, mm-hmm. meeting here oh, and yeah, there yeah. in the town throughout the story. And, yeah. and it was just like, man, it would be so satisfying to just fucking soccer. And then fucking Mike uh, comes in with the fucking <laughs> golf cart and runs over some of the adults <laughs> and it goes off. They start bashing people with golf clubs. And I was like, oh, okay, they are fucking doing it. Yeah. At first I was like, man, I wish they would have just done it. And then they did it. <laughs> Uh, but aside from, you know, that one second where I immediately got shown that I shouldn't have doubted, <laughs> I never had like a second that I was like, man, I wish that this was different for some reason. I think yeah. that everything went in a way that I completely was willing to accept because of what they had built before mm-hmm. and then also enjoyed. Yeah, I definitely think after the the first, you know, week of reading, um, and then there was just that one part that kind of took me out of it. I, the it, trail mix thing. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that for a second. It was just a little weird. But yeah. even even that is, is you know, it's forgettable, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's not like it's a crazy huge detail that, like, threw me so far out of the book. Like, I couldn't get right, back in. Right, you can in, never you know? get back on track. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I got a little tense when, uh, when Donna was pointing the gun at Mr. Whitewood. Even though, like, yeah. even though I don't like him and I wanted him to get shot, I was just like, don't let her do it. Like... I don't know why mm-hmm. I was just like that. That can't be good for her mental health. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. I was stressed out for her. I didn't want her to go to jail. Like I didn't want murder to happen. You know, like right. even if they're bad people, I still didn't want people to murder each other. Like, mm-hmm. and then they go all anime style and try and make us have a freaking pull on our heartstrings with Mister Whitewood. Like, like we're gonna fall into his team, going for his little his daughter. I don't know if that was so much the like, intention, so much as like how do we introduce the supernatural element? Because that's mm-hmm. when we find out that it is truly supernatural and uh, that is a nice way to do it when you yeah, kind of build just, a little bit let's of sympathy just jump into his guy. head for the backstory mm-hmm. so that we can this is how we reveal the supernatural monster that's there the spirit you know and how it could happen and, to anybody you right know? yeah and yeah just to explain it because the alternative is just like 
so he's just a bad guy because we need a bad guy. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's what we were trying to figure out last week is like, why is he the bad guy and what's the yeah. point really? You mm-hmm. know, and we were satisfied almost with it just kind of being a Scooby-Doo sort of, you know, he wants the town's power, the power of the town. You know? Like almost immediately in the second section of reading to make a Scooby-Doo reference. <laughs> that's and what I, I was like, I was, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was even thinking like, did Will read extra? No, right. he, didn't. he didn't. He wouldn't, have, he would, he would have told me probably. And then not have made the Scooby-Doo reference, right, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought that was funny, though, how they, yeah. like, immediately after that, I was like, oh, there's Will's comment. Right. The, yeah, I, I thought that just everything about it was really good. Yeah. Is it the, like, as objective as you can get, you know, whenever you're analyzing, you know, a, a piece of narrative that somebody's written, is, is it objectively the greatest narrative that I've ever written? Not by far. Yeah. Um. Is it one that I've enjoyed probably more than a, at least half of the narratives that I've read? Absolutely. Yeah. As, as far as like things that I've enjoyed and uh, would maybe actively seek out reading again in another mm-hmm. year or something like that, it's definitely like in the top half of things that I've read, which That's must good. like number in the several hundreds at this point, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I. I thought it was great. I really, yeah. really liked this book. Oh, good. <laughs> I guess yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Well, yeah, I was a little not worried if you'd like it or not, but I feel felt like I was pushing it more, and you were just like, "Yeah, I like these guys, and I like the idea, so let's yeah. go for it." And then, and then to hear it come around and us both be like, well, "I'm really glad we did that." Like, yeah, that's that's satisfying for I guess two aspects. One, just like we're both you know like, yes, we got a good book, and we right. were right. And then two, it's like people that we. Uh, follow mm-hmm. and enjoy their content it's like and they did a good job you know they're successful so it's like i don't know I, I, it's weird to say like i'm proud of them because i don't feel like i'm really actually like proud of them like i am obviously like people that achieve a lot like you can admire maybe is the better word like yeah. but because to have it is a weird pride, thing to have for you know, people that you follow that in know. this sense because, yeah because yeah, you don't really know them you kind of know them because they're presenting parts of themselves to you on a daily basis oh yeah and so, and it makes me happy that they did so well. So yeah. I obviously have some sort of there emotional sort of like connection. Yeah. Weird, it sounds weird to say pride. It does say weird because weird. pride, in a traditional sense, is like something that like your parents say. Yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> you know? paternal. Yeah. Or like you, they say, you should have pride in work that you do. It's mm-hmm. more like it for you know growing up at least. Pride is described to you as something that's very personal and in immediate relations. Maybe that. Maybe I that's feel what... weird saying that I'm proud of my friends sometimes. Yeah, because maybe... I don't know that I had like any real contribution to their efforts. Like mm-hmm. it feels like it's something that you, at least the way that it had always been presented to us growing up, was that like if you don't have a contribution towards it, yeah, like a tangible contribution, then pride is not an appropriate word for that feeling. But I don't think that that's necessarily true the more that I think about it. Yeah, and I think as you're kind of breaking it down too, it kind of made it more clear why pride was the word that jumped to my mind when I started talking about it. It's because like, I am kind of... I, you know, I do brag about it a little bit. Like I, mm-hmm. I definitely have told a bunch of people about this book and who they are and that like, you know, like, Hey, it's the guys from good mythical morning. And they wrote a really, like a really funny, really good book. And, mm-hmm. um, I guess that is a little bit of pride, you know, like my selection of content creators, you know, like they did a good job. Just like however, every time I tell somebody like, Oh yeah, this new, or like I, I give you a, some sort of fact that it's like, I wonder where he got that from. Oh, probably Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it's cool when somebody that you've invested time in, um, when you can, when you, cause, cause that's probably you trying to make it your own a little bit, yeah. even though you didn't contribute, like you were saying, it, but it's like, I'm making it my own because it's like, 
because I'm telling like because I'm vocalizing it and telling people about it and talking about it. And right. it's just, I don't know. I guess I guess there's some level of pride when you can go and tell other people without having kind of yeah. shame. Like I used to be so embarrassed about talking about anime. Like I wasn't yeah. ever proud of my anime habit. And then I remember, <laughs> I remember you wore like a Naruto. Uh, I had a headband that headband. I used to wear to school. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't even know if it was like how how much you wore it but i just remember one day i saw you wear it and i was like will doesn't give a fuck like that is so cool like he doesn't he didn't care he's just into what he's into like i need to be more like that and then uh i, I, I legitimately remember thinking that like i think we were in miss dewitt's class <laughs> in history or something i remember thinking like wow will he's wearing that anime thing on his sleeve like literally on his sleeve and he doesn't and he's fucking, <laughs> like he's proud of it like that's cool like i just remember thinking that was cool and like I was proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> now, now it's weird. But, uh, that is, no, I that, think that was uh, at least just as a sort of like joke response to that. I think I was just taunting people to say to something. To say something, right? <laughs> yeah. Not so much just like, I don't care what they think. I was like, fucking say something. <laughs> the, the way it came off to me was like, wow, he doesn't care what people think. So he's just into the things that he likes. And, you know, you can like it or get over it, you know. And, uh, <laughs> There was a point whenever I got tired of people picking on me for things, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to fight them if they say something. <laughs> I'll just fight somebody. <laughs> so I'm going to try and make them say something, because then I just started wanting to fight people. But <laughs> in any case, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, I think that you can. I think that you can also be proud on behalf of somebody. Yeah, that you like. Yeah, that's, you know, and that's you pr- appreciate their exactly. work or or you're friends with them or whatever it mm-hmm. is, and like. If they succeed in something, I think you can feel pride on behalf of them as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, because obviously if you like somebody, you want them to succeed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but anyways. Yeah. The, I think that, uh, um, and also going uh, back to what you had told me about the Q&A prior to recording, uh, they sort of revealed that they were hoping to make this into a series depending on, <laughs> I, I imagine, like things we've talked about, how well it sells, and then specifically with them specifically with them Mm -hmm. how much time can they get to write the second one and how soon can they get that time because they do so much already (laughs) yeah and i know that they were when in the q a they even asked like if you guys want a second book like let us know Mm -hmm. because i think obviously like they they have their like you were just saying they have their you know hands in so many baskets it's like they they want to know what our desires are too like Mm -hmm. it's like hey we can't do it without you guys and we appreciate what you guys are doing this is something we found obviously like a new passion and drive for like Mm -hmm. let us know if you want more of it because we want to make more like and and like we're both saying the the ending was so open-ended it's like it was it 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 had a stephen king-esque vibe for me because it was like because it doesn't end perfectly yeah exactly you know know, we like the only person that's in trouble is whitewood Mm -hmm. but he's dead so it doesn't really matter that he's in trouble what matters more is that the town is not under the spell anymore except the people that are in the cult that still believe in whitewood (laughs) and it's not like they stopped the water you know so the water could still be you know yeah that's people i think that's what if they go into a sequel because obviously then um alicia is you know writing home and sees the uh, whatever her name was, uh, uh, Ruby, mm-hmm. the Whitewood's daughter, uh, who's obviously still possessed by the water spirit, uh, is like, "Hey, we miss you," or whatever, just like being creepy. Yeah, and and so the having the seven sacrifices gave the water spirit enough power to be able to escape the water i guess is what they're going for Mm -hmm. and so now it's out there doing something what is its goal now that it's free from the spring yeah 
and so that would be the continuation of the series which I, I could get behind that's interesting yeah and I, I like how I didn't know what the title was for a, the longest time like I didn't know how it wrapped into the book because obviously mm-hmm. Bleak Creek we know what that is but I was like what are the lost causes of Bleak Creek and how they tied it in just a very subtle like you know we we're sacri- not sacrificing but we're we're like giving up they're, these, off, they're, yeah, offering. they're offering thank you the thank you that's the, the spring, word yeah. yeah and it's the, they're but they're the lost cause they're, they're the lost cause children you know like the yeah. ones that like we don't have any more faith in in uh and, right they were the bad kids that needed to go to the reform school and then that mm-hmm. wouldn't even uh follow suit and reform yeah they couldn't you know, follow they're, yeah they're yeah, extra they they're extra rebellious you know and um and because alicia was so extra rebellious like she you know nothing can break her spirits like that was why he was just like, this one will be good. And yeah, because the water was, spirit wanted strong-spirited children. And she was even like, okay, I'll just like, I'll whatever. I'll just do what you guys want. Like, I'll just conform. And then yeah. he's like, no, you're not. Right. <laughs> and she's like, what do you want from me? Because he's starting to get desperate at that point. He's yeah. like, I'm running out of time to get all seven, you know, offerings. And she was like, what you were you- supposed to be my next offering. And now you're suddenly conforming. I know. He was, he was so happy, too, that she was the bad kid. He's, right. he's like happy he got burned. He's like, and oh, yeah, anytime perfect. that he found, you know, one that would that qualified mm-hmm. for what the water spirit wanted, he was like, oh my god, I'm one step closer to you know bringing my daughter back, mm-hmm. which is an understandable cause, I guess. Not that I have a kid and can relate specifically, but right. I get the idea. Exactly. You know? um, yeah, just something to then start just like, you know, offering up. And the problem that I have with motivations like that sometimes. Because obviously, you any one person can justify any of their own actions, and mm-hmm. no matter what the situation. But like, how does the person not be like, "I'm so desperate to get my daughter back, but I don't care about what the parents are going to think about the kids that I'm killing." You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like you already know how bad it is to go through that. But then again, just you know, to be that all, delusional all and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, delusion. They get the delusion on them to think that you know it's justifiable. Because mm-hmm. you're getting what you want, which is to a certain degree a motivation that I can understand and even empathize with. Because I think that, you know. Yeah, we've talked about it. For the most part. By the means a lot. Yeah. And I think that there's no like truly, you know, on the other side of that same coin, I don't think there's any truly altruistic act. I think that yeah. everybody is still doing things for themselves. Like if I do something to help somebody, it's because it makes me feel good to help somebody. Right. Which is a good thing. Yeah. It's good to enjoy helping people. For sure. Yeah. And it's good to feel good. <laughs> but then, but uh, you know, the definition of altruism being to do something without caring what it gets you is inherently <laughs> impossible in my opinion. You know? Yeah. I can't imagine. Because this. if helping people made me feel bad, I can't imagine I would help people. <laughs> right or if it made you feel nothing you're just like all right back to like, work. what was the point of that yeah, yeah. So. i could have spent that time doing something that then made my life better mm-hmm. helping people on occasion helps my life be better For not sure. always uh, but but that would be you, you know? out there always every day like helping right. people you'd be like uh, in yes man when jim carrey like right after he leaves the convention and right, everybody's yeah. asking him for favors like yeah. can i have a ride no yeah, i can right. do it yeah, I won't give me all the money in your wallet. Yeah. There you, go. <laughs> you know, it's just. Um, so I thought it was adequate motivation for a villain, right? Yeah. Certainly in a story as short as it is, where we don't get, you know, a whole book to build up the villain because we're going to fight him in the next book. You know, mm-hmm. um, certainly now that if this does become a series and we're going to continue reading it, now the villain is a spirit who needs no motivation yeah. because it's a supernatural thing that is, you know, 
in the way that spirits often are either inherently good or inherently evil. You know? mm-hmm. so it doesn't have to be motivation. It just is. Yeah. I, uh, what did you think about that? Um, like, I, I, I don't know why, but I guess just with Rex's dad being a mortician, mm-hmm. um, I kind of just, I don't know why it, I guess just for them pointing that out so many times, it felt like that has to be um, something that comes up. Like it didn't tell mm-hmm. us how you know one of Link's mom's three jobs, you know, right. it, and and that that didn't pop up. It's not like you know Link's mom is also a crossing guard and saw them at the right at yeah, the school at the church or whatever. It's no like tie in with whatever, her you know? careers at all. But yeah. they tied in. They they always talk. They always talked about Rex's dad's job mm-hmm. being a mortician and, and how there was the one other, you know, funeral company in, right, in town yeah. that, um, and it was just, I, I felt like the one really like kind of super dark, creepy scene for this book for mm-hmm. it being, for going into it, thinking it was going to be a dark, creepy, scary book. Mm-hmm. The real only super dark thing I thought, um, that happened was when they were like removing the blood from. The, his old From, barber yeah and mm-hmm. uh so like they're they're filling with an embalming fluid i guess and like swapping out the blood for the embalming i don't think fluid they did or, yeah that's yeah, that's like what that. you would do and typically is yeah, okay. you drain the body and mm-hmm. so that you can then fill it up with you know whatever embalming fluid is these days because i don't think it's still um purely Whatever that fucking thing is, but it, I mean, formaldehyde. formaldehyde. <laughs> I think they've gotten away from it being that a hundred percent, but I could be wrong there. But that yeah, was, that's it's pretty morbid. Mm-hmm. That was it's kind of the definition of morbid. Right, exactly. <laughs> I. Uh, it seems like his dad had to have been a mortician for him to for them to have access for, to it. Yeah. Well, in real, real, real life too. Real Rhett. It oh. seemed like his dad was probably a mortician for them to know so much about the the. Yeah, but that's something that could come up in research when For you're sure. trying to figure out how to how do we get to this point where the kids have blood? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just, I yeah. It, it, for me, it just felt so. It just it felt per, it felt yeah, right. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. but I, you know, and, and now that we talk about it, I don't remember that ever coming up in one of their interviews or in the the three part mini you mm-hmm. know back to home show that they did. I, I, this makes me kind of want to read their other book, uh, the Book of Mythicality, because I think mm-hmm. it just talks about them and their I think lives that, and yeah, stuff. And uh, and I know a lot of fans of this. Not a novel; it's yeah. just a literal published work, and so mm-hmm. it's called a book. You know? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I know a lot of fans. Um, of you know, of them came into this book reading the book of mythicality. Right. So mm-hmm. I know they had a little bit of a, a little bit more background um, just on the town. And there's a lot of stuff that's just loosely based, obviously, on their town. Like right, yeah. They, they didn't. They had never been to. Yeah, they had never gone to the spring. You know where the uh, where you know uh, Bo- Bowie Creek. Uh, mm-hmm. Bowie, Bowie's Creek, I think, is what their town is. Doesn't yeah. Um, but you know, in Bleak Creek, they they had the 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 source for the the water, you know, the, uh, the spring, the, the spring yeah. thank you. And, um, and, uh, Rhett and Link were talking about how, like, they never saw that when they were kids, you know? And, uh, and I don't think their town was built on a, uh, or I don't, I don't think that there was a, like an old, um, like a resort, an old or whatever, lodge yeah, or whatever yeah. by mm-hmm. the, by the springs of their town. And, uh, it, I don't know. It was just like, there were a few things that obviously like, you know, you take some liberties to write the story, but the whole time I really, since I didn't know, I guess I didn't, since I didn't know what was true and what wasn't true, I, I just mm-hmm. was like that links or, you know, Rhett's dad must've been a mortician, right. <laughs> a mortician. And then, and that's why he knew about how to embalm. Yeah. And then it made me think about kids 
knowing so much about what's going on, but me living in this world where it's like, oh, he's just a kid, you know, like he doesn't know how to drain the blood from a body. <laughs> it's right. like, oh yeah, he does. He's probably seen his dad do it a bunch of times. I've, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that was a thing, and I should have, you know, like yeah. well, something I, that you just. Have, but why would I ever think about any that? Yeah. general person may never have a reason to think about that? Do they take the blood out of you before cremation? You think? Uh, I don't think so. I don't see why they would. That seems like a needless step. You know, there's a lot of liquid. It'll just boil. <laughs> well, you gotta get hotter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> huh? Okay. I bet Rex would know. Yeah. <laughs> probably um, there's probably no cremation in that town it's too christian <laughs> i uh i don't remember at the end of the book if there was a resolution to their love triangle i don't think there was no. i think alicia had feelings for link sorry yeah Leaf. there was there was a point where at some point where she's in the school and she like sort of realizes mm-hmm. it or whatever but not realizes it but voices tell. it yeah, yeah. exactly uh, but I don't think that they ever came back to it. I didn't think they so came either. back to it in Leif's mind here and there mm-hmm, at the, the end. But yeah, when they like held. Hands but her memories are all screwed up oh, because yeah. of being in there. Oh. So they're kind of in the middle of recon- helping her reconstruct what she doesn't remember. And yeah. So I mean, if it becomes a series, then obviously that's something that'll be you know revisited at some point. Yeah, and and the way I understood it too, like in real life, their uh, their their triad was um, it kind of had the the other kid in it um oh shoot why can't i remember? not it, yeah there was the a one um, from the forest a, uh, like a dedications section at the end of yeah. the kindle version that i read because it was just like another four pages mm-hmm. and they there is a bit where it says uh in, to our childhood best friend i think it was ben greenwood ben yeah because uh yeah he died from some form of cancer i believe in his 20s oh, okay and, uh, but he was their friend that was, mm-hmm. you know, the the outdoorsy one or the one that was always wanting to build stuff. He yeah, said they yeah. were saying at one point they uh, they built a, a dam in in Bowie's Creek mm-hmm. and they dammed like they were his their friend Ben wanted to dam the whole lake, but they ended up just like building part of a dam and they like uh, they were catching a, like they he wanted to capture a bunch of fish and have mm-hmm. like a like a live fish reservoir basically yeah and. Uh, and they were just like listening to them talk about like their young kid uh, ideas and their young kid like goals of like building their fort to have the not even necessarily the fort but to do that to a creek you know I've done stuff like that just like you know dam right. up dam up the river just to see what happens just because we're learning and you learn mm-hmm. by doing I guess mm-hmm. and it was just listening to them in the Q and A was it was just a nice cap off to the ending because they, they were talking like okay you guys have read the book so we're gonna do spoilers right <laughs> you know it's yeah. not like a, it's not like any potential interview you might see like on on youtube or something mm-hmm. where it's like okay we're gonna assume you haven't read the book this is a promotion whereas this one was just like hey we know you guys want more so here are some some answers to the questions that, right. that we've been pressed presented but i guess the whole reason i started that was they're they're they had a you know a co-ed group of friends you know guys and girls but uh, their their like closest little triad I think was was those yeah. three guys. And their actual member of their real triumvirate mm-hmm. was another male. Yeah, and I don't think the like the character Alicia was a real person. I you know and they they they, they said they changed the name of her like the most out of anybody else in the book, and that uh, <laughs> I did learn just fun fact that Rhett and Link had the first same girlfriend and the first same share the. For, uh, same first kiss with the same girl, yeah. <laughs> but it was you know different times. That's, with, a, that's a pretty with, common story for oh, small, small towns, towns where there's probably for like sure. the child population is like 
a hundred. You know? and, yeah, and if they're best friends, to be fair to that girl, like they're probably pretty similar. Like she probably right, yeah. maybe didn't know what she liked about one. Then the other might've been like, Oh, right. I thought that that was more. Or even just like know? in small groups, just like, okay, well like we broke up, but who do I date next? Who do I, yeah, exactly. Like, who's, who's, next who's next in next? line? You know? Yeah. And that could have been it too. Cause, cause that was like always time. the joke amongst the marching band was just like, <laughs> we all just dated each other over and over again. And it was just like, okay, well, I guess I need to learn how to not care that my friend is now dating my ex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we weren't, I mean, while Portland was a small town, it's not nearly as small as uh, we're made to feel like mm-hmm. one Bleak Creek is and two, the town that it's inspired by, right. you know? So I, that, I think that that's a pretty common sort mm-hmm. of thing. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, they also uh, vocalize... Um, that they were trying to make the town, you know, this of the, or the uh, the feeling of the South like mm-hmm. its own character, you know. Yeah, and um, definitely for people who don't have any personal experience with that, mm-hmm. and just have like these generalized generalized ideas that pop culture gives you, is like, well, the South likes guns and God, and, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's what I think the South is. And that was what <laughs> was refreshing too about this is that it was like a real take on on what it would have been like for them back then, and um, mm-hmm. and. As they were, I'm sure as they were hashing stuff out and talking about it and trying to figure things out, it just, they were probably thinking like, would, you know, Betty Sue have said something like that? Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think of it because who would say that these days, you know? Right. And uh, so then whenever you're a kid, you just, you don't think about it being bad. It's just a thing that somebody says. It's normal. and, And so like it never registers until like you're, like you said, trying to write something. It's like, how do we make these people bad? Uh, or you know, negative, whatever it might be, relatable even, you yeah. know, like any of it. And then be like, but is that something that that person would have said? And then you mm-hmm. think, oh shit, yeah, that person was kind of racist, or whatever it might be, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that you're analyzing something that you didn't think about it since back then, you know, yeah. Did you ever play uh, the the ball game, the ball throwing game at the Nets? That they played? No. I never played that one. I think when Jackass came, I was on, never so bored that I was like, this will be good. Yeah, you know, like, or not good, but like I was so bored that this is an acceptable activity. <laughs> yeah, I think when Jackass came on, they did something crazy, like they were rolling a bowling ball down something onto something somebody's like nuts, that, something yeah. dumb. And, and I remember it being a thing. Like I remember it was like, okay, I I'm have gonna heard toss of this that under, game before. <laughs> I'm gonna toss this basketball underhand at your nuts, but like you can't block it. Like right. that was that was basically the extent of like what mm-hmm. I did. Like it, it was never like okay, you sit on that side of the room and I'm gonna sit on this side right. of the room and let's throw it at each other's nuts right. because I don't even think that's what they did. I think they tossed it underhand at each other's nuts in yeah. real life. But in the book, they obviously were like, let's murder the other person's <laughs> right. yeah. chance of a future. Yeah, they were definitely family. making it a little bit more extreme to be more funny. Yeah, I mean, we definitely did dumb things. We used oh, to yeah. when we played racquetball, we used to play what we called extreme racquetball, and if you lost a set, you had to go stand against the wall, and the winner <laughs> got to pelt you as hard as they could with the ball and that really hurt <laughs> yeah it's always funny when that was like the prize slash penalty because it was like it, i'm so bad it was at hurt aim. or get hurt you hurt know or get hurt. <laughs> exactly and i'm i have such bad aim it was just like it was either like get hurt or embarrass yourself trying to hit somebody because right, you, you yeah. you're gonna miss for mm-hmm. sure if you throw full power you don't have any accuracy right. well it adds stakes to it and it's not like we had money when we were kids to bet right so, so it's like so what can we and, bet uh, oh, well-being <laughs> <laughs> well-being have well-being to, to gamble right <laughs> that's funny yeah man just short of going through their whole q a because that was that's like the most recent thing on my mind i uh it's 
it's fun to like hop back into their town and think like try and make it relatable to our town to see if like mm-hmm. did we have something like that and i was like well i don't think we we didn't have like a dave's pizza or whatever their pla- the place was that they went yeah to. we just had pizza hut literally we didn't have hut, a local yeah. pizza we're you know big enough or at the very least close enough to a large enough city where mm-hmm. you know it was pretty much all chains yeah the only thing that we had that was I remember growing up, there was a couple of like local restaurants that weren't there very long. Yeah, like there was the, that the, one La Iguana was always like something, and then something else, and then something else, and then finally La Iguana, you know, it became La Iguana, and it was like number four mm-hmm. of the La Iguana. Like you know, it's just like a local chain that's you know around like AP and stuff like that. But you remember that Rancis passed for those at home. <laughs> you remember that uh, that old like diner. That, that we had for a little while that was like an ice oh, cream yummies, joint. Oh, yummies, yeah. Yummies, that's what I was going to guess. And then they it, moved it moved to, off to North Beach and then it failed. <laughs> oh, no. That's yeah. the ending I didn't want to hear. Because I knew yeah. they moved and I was just hoping like, well, now, the, now I don't you don't know why they moved the to North Beach. Because like, it's just like the, the population of North Beach is considerably less than Portland, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Well, and nobody but, knew who they were, I assume. Yeah. Like not as many because it was kind of like a local thing. It was like. Yeah. Uh, it was, I, I was never there and it was busy though. Right, it was always just kind of like... So it was probably struggling to begin with, and the mm-hmm. rent at North Beach was probably less than the rent you think, there really? in town. I would guess so. Huh. I would have thought um, that would have been a hot spot just for tourist action, maybe. But but they weren't like on the water at that, North yeah, Beach. They sense. were like in the shitty part of North Beach, and there's a lot of really shitty parts. I used to, when I would deliver pizzas, I would go to North Beach, and those oh. uh, whenever I would get the order, I'd be like, fuck, it's at the, she- the Seashell Inn. God damn it, that's the worst part of North Beach. <laughs> <laughs> the Seashell Inn. Or some of the like the condominiums that were there that like were condos only in that it was a building of multiple rooms that people rented out, <laughs> not like a condo like the um, actual good condos. But uh, yeah, I feel yeah. like just growing up around that, I always had like a negative connotation for like the word condo because a lot of condos are nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I always my grandparents this, like, had a condo, a condo at the Villa del Sol and it was mm-hmm. really nice. But see, you know, yeah, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, I couldn't really attribute or relate a lot of the things in this town to Portland. Yeah, I couldn't just cause it's, either. It's it feels like a such a smaller town mm-hmm. to like an ex like it's like maybe like thirty percent the size of Portland as we yeah. were growing up. So it's kind of like unrelatable, other than just like small town. And I know what the idea of small mm-hmm. town is, but um, but uh, you know whatever. What do you think was your favorite part of the book overall? Hmm. And not even like events, but just like element or, you know, whatever you want to define part as. Yeah. You know, I think, honestly, I, I like that it was just like a story of like two buddies and it just, mm-hmm. it, and I like how much we already had about them to begin with. Like, like we knew so much about Rhett and Link already that like going in, already liking these these two characters and kind of getting like not the origin story obviously but like i don't know it was just fun for me to follow around red and link and mm-hmm, i think that was my mm-hmm. favorite part about it i always enjoyed their dynamic and then and then their dynamic bled through the rest of the writing you know i just i think that was just my favorite element is that like you know it kind of it didn't break the fourth wall but it was mm-hmm. you know it was them writing the book about them you know right. it's it kind of a fun little circle of yeah. just like red and link just It'd be like if these characters were like characters in an anthology series of works, like Mm -hmm. Boxcar Children or something like that, where it's it's not like, you know, in a clear order of narrative between the books. It's just like another adventure with the Boxcar Kids or with Sherlock Mm -hmm. Holmes or whatever it is. Or the Hardy Boys. Yeah. And so like, you you know, the next book comes out and you're like, oh man, I'm excited to just have another adventure with this character. Mm -hmm. 
like we're having an adventure with these characters yeah and our previous series in the anthology is just knowing these people in exactly. their other work you know and and we're i think you and i might have been talking about it last week not on the show or anything but I think that's part of what I like so much about like comedy. I just get really into learning about them as people, mm-hmm. kind of relating to them and understanding where they would come from on a joke maybe. And, right. then, and then I don't really listen to much of their content because it's so different seeing something recorded, you know, rather than being there in person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then just getting to like their personalities and then going to see them. I always have a good time. Like when I have already kind of liked their personality or if mm-hmm. I like their personality and then I go watch their special, you know, then yeah. I, you know, I always give it a little bit more, uh, freeway, freeway, that's the right <laughs> word, but you know what I mean? Leeway. leeway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was one word difference. That was close. Two letter difference, not one letter. Um, F R to L. But yeah, that, that's probably, I think my favorite like aspect of it. Cause mm-hmm. like you were saying, it's, it's a small town, but it's only relatable in the fact like, well, did we have that in our small town? I also rode my bike around, but it's not, it wasn't anything like, you know, like we rode ours to Zippy's Pizza and we you sat there and, you know. We, right. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was, you're right. Like I couldn't, I couldn't put them in Portland, but I, you know, I, I could relate a little bit. But uh, yeah, they, they were probably my favorite, I think. What mm. about you? Uh, I think just the, um, the style of comedy that was in it. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, was one of the, I almost burst out laughing at work today whenever um, Mike, um, the rich kid, mm-hmm. uh, is rolling in on the golf cart <laughs> and they're like, and I heard a boom, 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 boom or something like that. And I was like, that sounds familiar. And then and this is like all in Rex's head, I think. And then I recognized the melody to that new kids on the block song. And then <laughs> fucking Mike is just sitting in the golf cart, like pointing out with his finger, just shouting the chorus. <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious. Cause that's a callback to whenever he was like, have y'all heard the new, new kids on the block? Yeah, exactly. album? That's really cool. I like this song, you know? And they're like, shut up, go away. We don't like new kids on the block. <laughs> yeah. And just there, and the constant callbacks to fucking Scooter Leg, mm-hmm. and how much like Rex like believed in it, and Leaf was like, "Shut up about Scooter Leg." It makes you, it pulls you in, and makes you feel like I'm on the inside of this joke. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. and, and you could have come into this novel not knowing Rex and Link or Brett and Link, you know, mm-hmm. and um, but this, still, you feel like you're on the inside of the joke. It's like they make an, in, they're good at making inside jokes mm-hmm. feel brand new. You right, know, yeah. like, I, I don't, I don't know if that's the right way of saying it, but. You know what I mean? That you're like, getting in on the ground floor with it. Exactly, you know? exactly. And and that there's something to that, I think. Yeah. That, like in doing all those callbacks, it's like mm-hmm. it's yeah, I mean there's It's it, just it like might, it's it really authentic mm-hmm. and they're good characters or they're they're, they're they're characters that are built well enough that we believe them and are invested in them enough that we uh, start to inherently understand their humor mm-hmm. and which then therefore leads to the joke, you know, because yeah. if we don't understand, if you don't understand a character or a person in real life yeah. and you don't understand what their humor is and they tell a joke, you might just be thinking that they're making a weird statement, yeah. you know? That, so you have to be able to buy into Rex and Leif mm-hmm. to understand what the joke is going to be or that it is a joke, you know? Yeah. And and then be able to appreciate it. Yeah. When you made the, uh, the reference to it being kind of like, you know, it could be a series based on these characters that we're just revisiting. Like, I can't wait for another series or mm-hmm. another episode with these guys, basically. Right. Um, I don't think that would bother me at all, honestly, if this was yeah. like a Hardy Boys series. Like, 
where it, it just became like an anthology exactly, thing where you're yeah. having a different adventure in every novel that's yeah m- fully encompassed is or isn't related or yeah know. is or isn't related and maybe they call back and like exactly. man this would be like that one time with the water spirit you know or yeah. something like that remember yeah. scooter leg like aren't right. you glad yeah. you got a bike or yeah whatever. they're constantly yeah. referring to scooter leg or whatever yeah. like rex never actually lets it down <laughs> he's like See, 40 and he's still talking about scooter leg and some of that stuff i think would be I, th- I feel like they would do it in a tasteful way that it'd be like a couple th- callbacks for the diehards and then mostly the same formula for to mm-hmm. keep to keep everybody feeling like we're all in on the ground floor, you know, right, just, yeah. just like how some sitcoms do it better than others. Like Arrested Development was arguably one of the better sitcoms, but it was one that you couldn't get in if you came in partially. Yeah. You know, it was because it was then you have acclaimed. no idea why the banana stand is important or any and, other show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like none of them made sense. Like if you came into season three, it'd be like, Mr. F. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> is that who it was? Is that even? I never yeah, got I think that it was far. Mr. F, yeah. I gave up on the show pretty quickly. But yeah. And then they like do this little jingle and it was like, right. What, yeah. What is it was. Yeah. That was a, a pretty intricate or not intricate, but involved show. Yeah. You and, had to be involved. Exactly. And for, for, you know, the reason obviously I brought that up was just saying like, I think that they would be able to, to see the, the wrongs mm-hmm. being done in other, other works maybe. And then, right. and then kind of tailor their own, their own series and story. To, I think to, that they would then have thing. to be like, okay, so is this now a universe? Are, are they now fantasy heroes, you know, <laughs> right. to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's set in actual, you know, yeah. A, Our 1990s, uh, America, mm-hmm. um, which could could be fine, but then do they suddenly like have a sword later on or something? You know, mm-hmm. I, I, what I would think is going to happen at this point is that they just continue along, you know, whatever the story is with the water spirit and how do yeah. they rid themselves of this curse? Because obviously the water spirit is going to seek out Alicia again mm-hmm. and possibly Leif because he was under the water for a little bit too. Yeah, and so they're tied to the spirit somehow, and you know they've got to get past that monster somehow. Yeah, ideally if they could finish that, and then and then I wouldn't even really be. And upset then who if, knows what happens? Yeah, I wouldn't even but. be upset if they hopped back and was like, okay, none of that stuff in the first ones happened. We're on a new story, same age, start over. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. I. I don't even think that would bother me. It's just like, it's, I think it's what oh, you said to me Oh, we get like a earlier. Bleak Creek multiverse. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all tie together at the end. Oh, that would be hard to do. Right? Link, they can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I, I just feel like anything that they choose to do if they continue this story. I'll certainly be willing to give it a shot, whatever oh, it would be. Me too. Me too. And, um, uh, I enjoyed this one enough and believe in it enough that, you know, I, would definitely give whatever the next one is a shot. Yeah, for sure. They they really did a good job. It wasn't just because, you know, we were fans that we liked it. I think it, you know, I think they did a good all around job mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that's where the pride came in, I guess, because it was like, yeah, this is a book I'd recommend to just readers, you know, mm-hmm. like pe- some people don't even know GMM. And so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I didn't know people, about yeah. them until like maybe two years ago, just because Same of the here. coworker in Round Rock that told mm-hmm. me about them. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is something that I would recommend to just about anybody. Yeah. Unless someone told me, I hate books about kids that fight <laughs> water spirits. You know, I have to be pretty specifically against this genre for me to not recommend it to you. What if there are some pretty cool adults that get involved? <laughs> <laughs> what if there's like this post-grad student-aged woman who makes films... Do you in. like that yeah, kind in. of a character? <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah, I think they did a good job, and I, I would give them, you know, I'd, I'd, 
I, I, I look forward to there being a sequel. I really hope there is, you know, mm-hmm. and they can continue on with this, this story. And, uh, and if not, you know, I hope they, I do, I would like them to write something else. You know, I did I really I think it's inevitable that they're going to, you know, yeah. whether they continue this series or not. I think it's inevitable that they're going to do another, you know, written work at some point. Yeah. And yeah, it makes me want to give their other, you know, Book of Mythicality a, a go just because... It's, it's more, what it's all the, about, more of this yeah. universe. Yeah, yeah, more of the world, more of the universe. It's their real lives, and not, that, <laughs> not the fictitious versions. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I just, I think, yeah, I think we did good with this choice, and just, I am, they got a new fan in there, in a different avenue of their uh, talents. You know, mm-hmm. how, how I told Joan Hugh I'd read all her stuff, but now I'm reading hers and Rex and Link, or Brett and Link, I can't get their names right. <laughs> right, yeah. But, uh, Been in the book too long. I've been in the book too long. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I think we did good. Pretty much all I have to say about it that I can think of at the moment. I'm sure I'll think about something tomorrow and be like, "Damn it!" I do that <laughs> almost every week. But you know. cool. Do you want to do the rundown for the, the next couple weeks? Let uh, everybody know yeah. what's going on. Uh, so next week is um, in the United States Thanksgiving week, Woo. Um, which is difficult for people with retail jobs like us mm-hmm. because it's super duper busy. And uh, while we could literally make it work, we decided to just uh, set it up so that we have a, a single episode thing that we're going to record as soon as we're done recording this episode and then just publish next week. Um, we watched, we went and watched Dr. Sleep last night, the yeah. new Stephen King movie or new movie based on a book by Stephen King. Um, it's the, the, the book Dr. Sleep is a, a sequel to The Shining as if the movie that Stanley Kubrick made in 1980 was canon and not the actual book the shining yeah <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing because it's like it's a it's a movie based on a book that was written with the retroactive decision of uh, deciding that an adaptation of your work is now the canon <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what makes it so fun too is that it's like he hated it and then he came around a little bit and then he was like yeah now i'm gonna write about it it's like yeah. all right cool full circle yeah. you're on board um it's like a meta multiverse, but yeah. in any case, so we, we watched, the, we went and watched the movie and we're just going to do a single episode on that. And yeah. so, um, go watch it. It's very good. Very good. I, I really enjoyed it. You really enjoyed it. I think yeah. I remember you saying, and, uh, we um, had Kenneth with us who hadn't seen the shining and he said he still really enjoyed it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so we gave it him a evidently rundown, is but... stands on its own yeah. even. Um, so definitely check that out if you like, and then, uh, hear what we're going to just our general opinions. It's not going to be a long episode. I bet we only get about 30 minutes out of it, uh, but that'll be next week. Yeah. Um, and then the week after that, we're going to start a new book series. Um, we're, we're very likely not going to read the whole series for the show, but we're going to read the first in the saga. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's the Witcher series, which is a uh, very popular fantasy, fantasy series. It's spawned a video game series, and there is a... Netflix series that's going to start December 20th, uh, starring Henry, uh, Henry Cavill of uh, DC fame uh, as the main character, Geralt. It's a book series written by, and I'm going to ruin this guy's name, uh, Andrzej Sapkowski. Polish. He's Polish, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an older series. He first published uh, some of these books in the 90s, um, and then you know they finally made it west at some point. But it's a... It's really heavy fantasy, uh, I think, in the vein of the Song of Ice and Fire series, mm-hmm. you know, realistic, um, 
super fantastical in that there's a bunch of like monsters and things like that, but mm-hmm. it's not like you know, and then I went flying on a dragon and then magic made everything happy. Like everything's fucked up in this universe. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm pretty excited cause I don't know really anything about the Witcher universe. And, um, and just from the little snippet we got, it, it already seems like there's a bit backwards versions of everything. Like elves are typically renowned for being the, the, the fair folk, you know, like mm. the, the graceful, beautiful, perfect ones. And it seems like in this one, they're like a low class, b-rated citizens they, yeah they lower, lose so a really like, big war and then become second class citizens yeah. and yeah it's a it's not your standard um fantasy series it's what in the 90s was probably uh, this was you know near revolutionary besides the you know the existence of the song of ice and fire series uh, but in these days is not so uncommon now that mm-hmm. we're all on the dark fantasy train yeah uh, but you know this is it's, it's uh, not standard by any means yeah i mean all aboard. <laughs> so uh, the what we're doing is that there's also two prequels, which are really just collections of stories about the main character that sort of get you introduced to the universe. Each of them is around like 300-ish pages. Mm-hmm. Um, by no means does anybody else need to read them. And we each may not finish them either, but we're going to try and read them all because this is a two-week period that we're going to have before the next episode or before the first Witcher episode. Um so we're going to try and read them all just to just to do so. And then the what we're going to actually do episodes on is the first part of the saga, which is a seven-book series mm-hmm. um, called uh, Blood of Elves. And the, we're reading the first three chapters, right? Yes, the first okay. three chapters. It's about 100-ish pages. Yeah, so There's only the seven, pa- seven chapters, and we're going to break it in three episodes. It's, yeah. We're going to do the first three chapters, second two chapters, second or the last, last two chapters. Um, so that's, uh, what you have to look forward to. You can get started on it, uh, if you would like, um, if you want to read the two prequels, they're, um, the last wish and the sword of destiny in that order. Uh, and then blood of elves is what we'll be starting for the actual episodes we'll be recording first three chapters. Yeah. This will be interesting. I think it'll be super juicy content. It's a completed series and it'll be fun to talk about something it, you know, if it is as grand and epic as like the uh, you know Song of Ice and Fire, which mm-hmm. it probably is. Otherwise, I doubt they could have made it such a monolithic yeah. game. You know, out of it, like it's mm-hmm. huge. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see just like uh, you know how everything. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to see what what happens, just because it's I know nothing and coming in so like cold and with ice and fire, like not like all this negative stereotype. It'll be, it'll be cool. Like just because like we're coming into this fresh, it's already completed. It's, we're going to have like big things. We're going to be like, I wonder if this ties in, like who's Jon Snow's mom? Like with the things of that, Mm -hmm. you know, grandness, we're going to be able to guess, speculate. There won't really be this big, deep, uh, fan lordom of like this is what I speculate will happen because of what I read in chapter right, four, right. part B of book three. You know, yeah. and, uh, which is awesome. I love that. Like, I definitely fell down that rabbit hole for uh, for the Ice and Fire series, and th- that's another thing that got me excited about this one is just seeing how big the wiki <laughs> fell out mm-hmm. of like this is a seven part book series with lots of characters and things to learn. Um, it's just you know, there's obviously a lot of love and time and, mm-hmm. and tears and. <laughs> Yeah. Sweat and everything poured into this book is just, and you can you can feel it before it's even based starting. on a lot of Polish legend. Oh, there it's, you go. Um, that can be why it feels so epic already. Just mm-hmm, like every, yeah. and not yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's heavy. It's a lot. There's there's a lot happening in this series. 
Um, and I'm really excited. Depending on how much we enjoy it um, and how much we enjoy talking about it for the purposes of the show, we may also do episodes on the Netflix series that's going to be starting in December. Right. Uh, it's just a possibility. For sure. Yeah. No, um, no you know, obviously, we'll see how we feel about it come that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, something to possibly look forward to. Uh, but so that's what we're doing. We're going to start that and uh, look for Dr. Sleep next week and Witcher after that. Uh, hope that everybody has a good Thanksgiving if that's something that you celebrate. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll, y'all will see us next week, but uh, we'll, we won't see y'all until later. Um, so we'll see y'all around then. Uh, you know where to find us? Yeah. Um, at uh, Twitter and Instagram at ears underscore stamps and then dog ears and timestamps at gmail.com. Uh, you can get us wherever you can, you know, you get your podcasts, wherever mm-hmm. they, they're streamed. Except Spotify. Except for Spotify. And yeah, you can't get it on that. I was like, no, are we on SoundCloud? No, that's different. <laughs> and um, yeah, you know how to find us. Just, you know, and mm. send us an email, like, rate, review. Um, I'd love to see some more, you know, five-star comments and uh, <laughs> we'll get them read. And uh, right. yeah, just let us know what you think and, and tell us about the Witcher series. If you play the game, if you're excited about it, what you know, you know, I, at this point, they came out in the 90s, so you can't send me a spoiler. You know what I mean? So if you send us right, something, yeah. it's not going to be a spoiler. But, uh, you know, tell us what you think. Tell us what you like, what your favorite part is. If it is a spoiler, maybe that's something we can look forward to. But, you know, mm-hmm. just let's get involved. Book club. Don't spoil anything for me. Only spoil things for Jordan. He's the one who doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Will's played the game that's after the series, so he should know how it ends. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. I'll bitter. No, it. uh yeah, don't send us spoilers, but just enjoy it along with right. us. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. This is Doggers and Timestamps. We can pause for a second. If you want to just... I'm in airplane right now. Okay. <laughs> God damn it, dude. Like, it wasn't... It was like fucking three texts from Ace. <laughs> I know. Like, it's fine when we're fucking just chilling, but... God, that was annoying, and it was in the middle of me talking, and I know you can hear it. And I was yeah. like, God, that's such a fucking habit that like the group started was just like, it's funny if I send f- one sentence across eight text messages, <laughs> and it's just like, like it feels more conversational too. It, yeah. But but dude, yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's the literal worst thing. <laughs> oh yeah.